You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast coming to you live from sunny London town. It is still scorching hot. Brilliant stuff. Absolutely love it. Although I'm a little bit pissed off this morning. I've got to be honest. I booked some builders in to come and, and do my patio in the back garden and they were supposed to turn up at 10 a.m. I had to go out this morning, uh, went around half of North London looking to find some bags of cement because... Uh, there's apparently a shortage. I'm not in the building trade, so I had no bloody clue about it. Found some in the end, come back, unloaded it all from the car, and these guys haven't turned up. And they're not answering the phone, and they're not replying to my messages, and I am pissed off. So there is an op- there is a possibility that during this podcast, you might see some people come into the garden and me start shouting and swearing during the podcast. <laughs> But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about the mighty Arsenal. And of course, there is plenty uh, going on as always, at least in with regards to rumours, uh, discussions, you know, stories, etc, etc. So we're going to try and make sense of some of it. We're going to try and um, we're going to try and uh, kind of narrow some of those reports down for you so that you guys can uh, be up to date with what is going on without having to read 101 different publications this afternoon. I mean, it's a beautiful day. Why wouldn't you rather be uh, sitting out in the sun? Uh, right, let's start off with the reports linking Arsenal with a move for Barcelona's Serginio Dest. Now, according to reports from Spain, from sports specifically, Arsenal have inquired about the Barcelona right back. Uh, and apparently that inquiry happened at the back end of last season. So he's somebody that Arsenal have apparently been looking at for a little while now. Of course, it's been common knowledge that, of course, Hector Bellerin is probably going to move on this summer. At this moment in time, Arsenal are struggling to uh, to agree a deal, a deal with anyone that is anywhere near in terms of monetary value, what we believe the player's worth and what we feel we should be getting for him. I do wonder if Arsenal will move for a right back prior to Hector Bellerin's departure. I don't think so. I think that any move on a right back would be conditional um, on on Bellerin going. I'm not saying that we have to bring in all of the money from the departure of Bellerin. You know, Serginio Dest, according to the report, is would be available for around about 25, 26 million pounds. And you, it, no matter how much you you like Hector Bellerin or how much you think we should be trying to play a hard bargain on him. I think it's unrealistic to expect Arsenal to recuperate, given the way things have gone so far in this window, anywhere near that amount of money for Hector Bellerin. Inter, as we know, still very, very interested in the Spaniard, but they want to take him on loan. And Arsenal just simply don't want to know. Arsenal would probably allow Hector Bellerin to leave on loan if it meant that there was an obligation for Inter to purchase him at the end of next season. And so although those funds wouldn't be coming through the door immediately, there would be a guarantee that they are going to further down the line. And I think that would be enough to persuade Arsenal to do the deal because we all know Hector Bellerin wants to go. But 
at the moment, we're no closer to an agreement being reached between Arsenal and Inter over the transfer of Bayern. And this is why, for me, yes, we're being linked with the likes of Serginho Dest, who's a really good player, and we'll come on to talk about him a little bit more in a moment. But it feels to me like bringing in a top-level right-back is contingent on moving Hector Bellerin on. Now, we've spoken about priorities in this transfer window quite a bit over the last few weeks. I did a video, I think it was at some point last week, where we talked about the five positions I believe that Arsenal need to be looking to strengthen in this summer. And whilst right-back was on that list, it wasn't at the top of my list. And the reason for that is because I don't think that Chambers or Cedric necessarily are top draw right backs, but I think they're okay. And I think that there are other positions in which Arsenal are weaker and are more in need of bringing in recruits. So that's my take on the right back situation. Get rid of Bellerin, bring a bit of money in for him at least. And I think you might see Arsenal go out and bring a right back in. But if that doesn't happen um, or it's left towards the end of the window and Arsenal feel the funds can be spent uh, better off elsewhere, then I wouldn't be surprised if we do go into the new season with Callum Chambers, Cedric, possibly even Ainsley Maitland-Niles as our right back cover. So as I say, the Serginho Dest interest apparently is quite long-standing, or at least more long-standing than we were initially led to believe. The reports from Spain say that um, Arsenal made their inquiry about Serginho Dest's availability at the back end of last season. And Arsenal could be looking here at Barcelona's situation and potentially seeing this as an opportunity to cash uh, to, to take advantage because we know that they are desperate, absolutely desperate to move players on. We know that Barcelona have signed a, a decent sort of few players this summer on free transfers, but are now in a place, in a position where they can't register them because of the salary cap. So there is lots and lots uh, wrong at Barcelona at the moment. And so when Barcelona are sitting there kind of making demands for players like Serginho Dest of around about 25, 26 million pounds, I think if you're Arsenal and you are genuinely interested, and again, this is based on the report from Sport, if you are interested, then you should be trying to do what so many clubs have been doing to us over recent years. And you should try and take advantage of their situation. You should try and take advantage of the fact that they need to offload people and that Serginho Dest is someone they might be willing to do that with. And you should try and drive the price down as much as you possibly can. That's business. That's football. Um you know, that for me is is the way is the way forward. Now, I can see some of you in the chat saying that uh, Dest is not not leaving Barcelona or that uh, Matt says that Barcelona were keen to move on some of their highest paid players. Dest won't be on a high wage. Yeah, I'm sure they are looking to to move um, some of the big, big earners on because of that issue that you've mentioned there, the wages. But there are a lot of reports coming out of Spain. Uh, this one that I'm specifically referring to comes from sport, but there is there has been a lot of discussion about Serginho Dest moving on from the club with Bayern Munich as well, said to be interested in the right back. So there are a number of uh, there are a number of reports saying that that's the case, that he could move on. And, and that's where this kind of story stems from. So what do we know about Serginho Dest? Well, we know he's a USA international and lots of our listeners and viewers are based in the United States. And I'm sure would welcome the prospect of seeing a USA international in Arsenal colours. I'm trying to think off the top of my head, have we ever had one before? Certainly not one who was in and around the first team anyway. 
Um, nobody's coming to mind, and I, I might be wrong on this, but nobody's coming to mind um, straight away. So it can't have been anyone that significant, can it? Uh, but yeah, he's 20 years old, uh, right back. As I say, Barcelona looking for around 25, 26 million pounds, according to various uh, sort of websites where they do provide valuations for players. His market value is said to be about £27 million, so it's not too far off of what it is that Barcelona are said to be wanting. He made 30 appearances in La Liga last season, so he was by no means a bit-part player uh, under Ronald Koeman. He scored two goals, provided an, an assist as well, and he also made seven appearances in the Champions League. Now, He's very good going forward. He's a really good dribbler of the ball. Obviously, to play in that Barcelona side, you've got to be able to pass the ball very well. Another one of his strength. I think one of the things that Serginho Des sometimes gets criticised for is uh, a lack of aerial prowess, a lack of aerial ability. Uh, I think when teams do look to play those long diagonal balls out towards their left-hand side, which would be Serginho Des' position at right back. You can get a bit of joy out of that. Uh, and I think in the Premier League, you'd probably have to deal with that a lot more frequently than you might in La Liga as well. Um, there's still question marks about his defensive positioning. Sometimes he gets caught out a little bit high up the field, but he is very much a Barcelona fullback, isn't he? Where a lot of his work will be done in, in the opposition half. A lot of his work is getting on the outside, creating overlaps, creating spaces, creating room inside for uh, certain players to drift in field and try and do some damage that way. And because of all of that, that's just the profile of player he is. You know, there's been lots of great fullbacks over the years that we've looked at and said, wow, what a fullback, excellent getting forward. But defensively, maybe uh, they've not been not been so strong. So, um not surprised by by those reports that I've read with regards to Serginho Dest and how he's got on so far. Uh, according to whoscored.com, his average performance rating last season was 6.63 out of 10, which isn't great. Um, but again, you know, you can't always read into those ratings too much. They are based on opinion as well as a, uh, some f facts, stats and metrics, etc., etc. But he's a player I'd be interested in. He's a player who's got a very high ceiling. He's a player who's uh, got a lot more room to improve and to develop. And at 20 years old, and I keep talking about it recently, he fits into that profile of player that Arsenal are seemingly looking for. Someone who can retain a sale on value, someone who can go on to bigger and better things with the right coach. So that's the latest on Arsenal's reported interest in Serginho Dest. Apparently, Arsenal have inquired. Apparently, their first inquiry uh, was way back when last season finished, which suggests that this is not something Arsenal have just cooked up in the last few days. And again, maybe backs up the point that there is a, a plan at Arsenal, even if we're not able to execute all of it, at least clear targets were identified. And this points us in the direction again, that maybe that was um, that was the kind of always the case. And it's not Arsenal making it up as they go. It's not Mikel Arteta and Edu acting on a, on a whim. Um, so that's the bit on Serginho Des. Let's talk a little bit about Joe Willock's future now. Of course, Joe Willock um, was part of Arsenal's pre-season tour of Scotland. And I've heard nothing to suggest that Joe Willock will not be going with the club to Florida. Um, of course, Arsenal have a couple of games coming up over there. Uh, really awkward times for the UK viewers. I'm sure you guys in the States will be loving it. But one of the games, uh, the first game in which Arsenal play Inter will be at 11.30pm UK time. 
And then depending on how we get on, the next game against Everton or Millonaros will be either at 11.30pm or 1.30am. So that is going to be uh, quite tough. But don't worry, we're going to have it all covered here on the Chronicles of Aguna. So uh, we'll bring you some reaction to that game probably the morning after because I'm I'm not sure I can do it anymore. I'm getting old. Can I stay up, watch the game and then do a podcast straight after? Then I'll probably leave it to the next day if I'm honest. Uh, but Joe Willock, Steve Bruce, very much still interested in taking the young man to Newcastle United for another season at the very least. Now, Steve Bruce has been talking about this and he was very adamant that the ball is in Arsenal's court, that he is a player that Steve Bruce likes and that he Newcastle will continue, in his words, to badger Arsenal uh, as long as there's a chance and a possibility of him moving on. But he does go on to say that, of course, Arsenal will be looking at the player in pre-season and they'll be making their decision based on that. I've, I've discussed this one at length on a number of occasions and I'm still of the point of view that if you can get good money in for Joe Willock, you should do it because never again will his stock be so high. He's come into this summer off the back of a really impressive end to last season. Price tag shoots up. Um, but if he comes back to Arsenal, well, he has come back to Arsenal, but if he stays with Arsenal and ends up being a bit part player again and coming off the bench for five, 10 minutes here and there, then you end up being in a position where you can no longer demand 15, 20, 25, even million pounds for him. So I think Arsenal are in a place where we want to build the squad. We want to improve the squad. We want to keep this young core, but we also have to recognize that, yes, we need to do a lot of, of spending. yes, it seems that there is more money available than many of us thought at the start of the window. But this would be a good opportunity to recuperate some of that money. And as we know, that's important too. So, um, yeah, I, I'd probably move him on. But Steve Bruce, uh, not putting out the fire on that one, not for a second suggesting that Newcastle United are no longer interested in Joe Willock because they are. And they see him as somebody that would improve their side again for the coming season. And so uh, watch this space on that one. Uh, another update is on the future of Granite Xhaka. And I'm imagining lots of you will be asking the question, is Granite Xhaka's proposed move to Roma any closer? Well, at this moment in time, I've got to say, I don't know, because we've seen contradictory reports over the last few weeks. Yes, it's edging closer. Yes, it's almost there. Oh, no, it's not. It's nowhere near. And we don't know whether we're coming or going on this one. I think that this is holding Arsenal up in terms of bringing in the midfielder. I think that Arsenal will be partly reliant on the funds that come in from Granit Xhaka, but also they'll be looking to free up space in the squad and the wage bill and all of that stuff. So I think with Granit Xhaka, this one is a deal that probably is going to drag out a little bit longer. It's a deal that I felt all along Arsenal will probably get in the rotten end of in terms of what... It was rumoured that Roma were looking to pay. I, I said to you guys last week, didn't I, that there were reports uh, coming out of Italy saying that Roma had had raised the bid. Some saying that it was up to 15 million plus add-ons. Others were saying it was 18 million plus add-ons. And as I say, there's been so much contradiction in what's been reported on this one. It's very, very difficult to make heads or tails of it. But I do think that it's slowing Arsenal down in terms of bringing in a new midfielder. I think that Granit Xhaka is quite clear and quite adamant that he would happily go there. I think that Roma would happily have him. But this this distance between 
the or this gap between what Arsenal are demanding and what Roma are currently willing to pay doesn't appear to have been bridged uh, just yet. Anyway, at the time of recording, July 19th. But we'll see. Uh, fingers crossed we get some movement on that one. Uh, elsewhere, let's talk about uh, Hussein Awa. And uh, again, another player whose name is just not going away. There were reports from the Daily Star that were then recycled by Sky Sports a little bit later on. Uh, which suggested that Hussein Awa will be joining Arsenal this week and that that one is a lot further down the line than many people think. Who knows? Um, talked about him before, talked about the fact that Arsenal, having been so big on him and having been so interesting last summer, might be foolish to kind of turn down the opportunity to sign him 12 months later for essentially half the price. And so I, I do genuinely feel like that. I think that Hussein Awa is a good player. I think he's someone that can improve us in midfield. Um, I wonder how he'll be used. I wonder whether if Arsenal do sign him, you'll see more of a 4-3-3 than a 4-2-3-1. Um, I'll be interested to see how he fits in, how he blends in. He is capable of playing from those deeper positions, but he's not quite the same profile of player as Granit Xhaka. So how will Mikel Arteta use him? That will be interesting to see if indeed that deal does materialise. But we heard reports that Tottenham were interested as well. Uh, we've heard that Man United are interested. We've heard a lot on Hussein Awa over the last week or so. But his name is one that's not going away when it comes to Arsenal. And I wouldn't be surprised if we do end up going on to sign him between now and the end of the window. Uh, there was a an update yesterday on the future of Manuel Locatelli, a player that many Arsenal fans would like to see join the club this summer, but a player who some would actually prefer not to see join the club. And I found this quite interesting, this whole debate. Let me just give you the update on Locatelli's situation first, an update from Fabrizio Romano, which he provided yesterday. He said that talks have been ongoing between Juventus and Sassuolo over the transfer of Manuel Locatelli, that Manuel Locatelli is a Juventus fan, his family are Juventus fans, and that is his preference. However, Juventus are still around about 10 million euros shy of what Sassuolo want in terms of an asking price. And to make matters worse for Sassuolo, Juventus want to pay it at the end of next season. So Juventus want to take Manuel Locatelli on a loan deal with an obligation to buy at the end of the season coming up. And that is just not sitting right with Sassuolo at the moment. They're not interested in that. Yes, Locatelli's pushing for the move. Yes, Locatelli would prefer to pay there. But Sassuolo are well aware of Arsenal's interest. They know that Arsenal are willing to pay €40 million Euros, uh, for him up front, which is obviously causing them to push back at, against Juventus. Lots of Arsenal fans over the last few days have been saying, well, he doesn't want to play for us, so we don't want to have him. We don't want to sign him. And I find that a little bit strange. I've got to be honest. I think for me, look, to, to have a player at your football club that supports another football club is, is a common thing. To have a player at your football club who might have preferred to join someone else is also a very common thing. But to say that Manuel Locatelli, if he came to Arsenal, wouldn't try or wouldn't care or wouldn't give his all, I think he's a little bit disrespectful to the player. He's a professional footballer at the end of the day. But I also think it's it's just, you know, for me, it's, it's, it's like there was a whole debate, wasn't there, on TalkSport? I'm sure you guys have seen clips of it on social media where I think it was Danny Mills was saying that Danny Mills world's biggest knob but anyway was saying something like um 
Ben White is better than Arsenal and Ben White shouldn't want to move to Arsenal because he's better than that. And Danny Murphy, another former Premier League player and pundit on TalkSport, kind of came back and said, well, it's all good saying I'd rather play for Manchester. He'd rather play for Manchester United or Liverpool or Chelsea. But they're not the ones that have come in with the offer. They're not the ones who have been willing to match his current club's valuation. And so he doesn't really have a choice, does he? And if Juventus can't agree a deal with Sassuolo, then Manuel Locatelli doesn't have a choice. It would be Arsenal or staying at Sassuolo because Arsenal are the only club right now who have indicated that they are willing to pay the money that Sassuolo are asking for this excellent, fantastic midfielder. So, yes, he might prefer Juventus if he was given the choice of any clubs in the world, but you don't always have that luxury. And I think that he would still be a very, very good signing for Arsenal. It'd be one to get excited about. He improves us immediately. And if we can sneak in somehow and do that deal between now and the end of the window, I will be absolutely delighted. And I promise you, I will not give a second thought for the fact that he's a Juventus fan and that his preference was Juventus. It's like it's like me saying, you know, I prefer to play for Arsenal than Everton. But if Arsenal don't want me, and Everton do, then I don't really have a choice anyway, do I? So, you know, it's it's mad. Would you sacrifice your career? Because there's no doubt that Arsenal is a step up from Sassuolo. So would you sacrifice bettering yourself and bettering your career to, you know, because you had a pipe dream in terms of going to a club that wasn't going to, um, that wasn't going to actually offer for you? Interesting. I don't know. I don't know. I think, as as Matt says in the chat, I think, agreed, it's like we're undermining his professionalism. I think that's absolutely the key point there. Other bit of news I want to bring to you before we take some questions. So start getting those questions in actually now so that we can get a few in uh, by the time I come to it. Put a little cue at the beginning of your questions and we'll get through as many as we can between now and the end of the stream. Um, Alexander Lacazette. Now, of course, there's been a lot of discussion around whether or not Alexander Lacazette will be given a contract extension by the Gunners. He is going into the final season of his contract. Will Arsenal look to cash in on him this summer, or will Arsenal look to, um, or, or will Arsenal look to look to hold on to the player, perhaps offer him a short-term extension because he is one of the senior players in the squad. That, although okay, at times during his Arsenal career, he's not always been. Uh, brilliant. But I think he's obviously a massive influence on some of those youngsters. They all speak so highly of him as a person and in terms of how he's helped and supported them. So there's that element to it as well. But according to the reports today from the mirror, and again, you know, some of these sources, you need to take them with a pinch of salt, but we're just rounding up what's what. Uh, they say that Arsenal are looking to move him on uh, in order to fund some different deals. Are we going to be able uh, to to do that, though? This is the point. We're talking about young players that we're trying to move on and we're struggling to get what we need. People like Matteo Genduzzi, people like Lucas Torreira. Alexander Lacazette is at a point in his career where you probably feel like his next move will be his last uh, significant one. And are we going to get an offer that outweighs the benefits that he brings to the team. Because I think for team spirit, I think in terms of his attitude, I think he's very, very good. And he chipped in with, I think it was 17 goals last season in all competitions, which is very respectful. But also, I thought he brought other players into the game incredibly well. And I thought he helped get the best 
out of Emil Smith-Rowe, out of Bukayo Saka, out of Nicola Pepe at times. And so I wouldn't be against Lacazette staying. Um, I think Yo-Yo makes a great point in the chat where he says, Laka is currently the most suited forward to play Arteta's uh, football. Yeah, I don't disagree with that uh, for a second. Not at all. Right. Uh, let's get to some of your questions. Just before I do that, a uh, quick reminder that this podcast is brought to you by manscaped.com. So if you're in need of some male grooming, get over to manscaped.com, enter your discount code, which is 90min20, and you will get free shipping as well as 20% off of your order. Um, it, there's some great products and I'm telling you now with the sun shining, if you've got a date coming up now, the restrictions have been lifted. That date might go better than you planned. And if so, you're going to wish you'd got a Manscaped. There's a Luma 4.0 on the market now. And I can tell you what a cracking product. So get involved. Manscaped.com. As I say, use our discount code 90 min 20 and you get yourself 20% off as well as free shipping on your order. Right. Let's take some of these questions. Uh, Assassin says, Harry, don't you think this transfer window is getting quite redundant? Arsenal are so slow with transfers. Why haven't we announced Lokonga in regards to the right-back centre midfielder and attacking midfielder? We need to get a move on. Um, I don't think that the transfer window has been redundant. I think that with transfer windows, you can't really make that judgment until you get to the end of them because so much can happen in such a short space of time. You could be in a position right now where you're kind of lining up your ducks and you're waiting for everything to fall in place. We know that, Tav well, we've got Nuno Tavares. We know that the Lekonga announcement is imminent. That's two players. We know that Ben White, once he returns from holiday, uh, is likely to join the club and sign for the club. And as I said on the show where we spoke about that news the other day, don't get impatient about Ben White because the guy's on holiday till the 26th of July and there's going to be zero movement before that um, unless he decides to cut his holiday short. And why should he? So 26th of July and onwards, uh, you, you'll probably hear something about that one. You know, and and I think there'll be more movement. I, I just don't think you can say that the transfer window is redundant. I think if you look around the Premier League at the moment, not many clubs have actually completed many deals at this point, at this stage. Everything's running a little bit behind. The Euros obviously caused the delay to that, the Copa America, etc., uh, etc. Et so for me, I'm not panicking just yet. I'm quite confident that we're going to get Ben White in. I'm confident that Lekonga's coming in as well. So that'll be two to add to the one we've already got. And that'll be three signings in through the door already. Um, and, and you could end up in a situation where you get three announced in three days. It's Arsenal are doing the work in the background because we don't see it, because we don't know exactly what is happening. It's easy to be disheartened and to get frustrated. But I don't think we know the full story. We don't know the full picture. And I'd suggest that we kind of try and remain ca uh, calm and patient and we assess the transfer window a little bit further down the line when we've got a clearer picture of what will be happening. Uh, what else have we got here? Omar uh, talking about uh, Danny Mills, because I did tweet something about Danny Mills yesterday. It was There was a, a video going around uh, from Astro Sports, I think, in Australia. And he was talking about how he used to kick Robert Perez and how he Robert Perez brought diving to the English Premier League and all of this jazz and that he'd have loved the opportunity to kick in one more time and all this rubbish. And I was really annoyed by those comments. I mean, Danny Mills was a bang average footballer. Robert Perez was one of the best the Premier League has ever seen. And I think he's been incredibly disrespectful to a fellow professional, the way he's spoken about him. And if Danny Mills has to go around kind of 
telling everybody that he used to play the game like a thug to stay relevant, then that says a lot about his punditry, doesn't it? He is one of those people, and there's a few of them in the media at the moment, that infuriate me pretty much every time they speak because you know it's an act, you know they're talking nonsense, and you know they're just trying to generate clicks. I think the media companies have got a responsibility to kind of ease those people out of the way. The problem is there's too many idiots that lap it up and enjoy it. Uh, but yeah, I, I do think he, he's been humiliated by Arsenal on a number of occasions, and that's certainly playing a part. Um, Dan Price says, do you start the season playing with a back four or a back three slash five? For me, I'd go with a back four. Uh, I think that should be our go-to, the back four, uh, the two-man pivot in midfield with a number 10 ahead of him, and then the three forwards. That's the way I'd like to see Arsenal play. But I think we have to accept that there will be certain fixtures, certain games. We might come up against certain systems and we might come up against opponents of a higher calibre than us, in which case we may revert to that back three, back five. With Nuno Tavares coming in, I feel a lot more comfortable about Kieran Tierney maybe being pushed into the left side of the centre-back position alongside Gabriel in the middle and maybe Ben White on the right if we get that deal done. Or, you know, if we don't, Rob Holding, who I think looks better in a back three. So I think it's good to be flexible. It's good to have those options and... um yeah, that's that's where I stand on that. Uh, Westbird says, are you worried, Harry, at the lack of movement uh, with regards to players going out of Arsenal? Um, not yet. Not yet. I think they will go. I think it will be done. I, I've, I've always maintained over the last month or so that we're not going to get in terms of monetary value what we'd hoped. And for me, it's about just getting them out of the club. You know, sometimes you just got to cut your losses. You've put money into something. It didn't work out. Just stop wasting money on it cut it loose, get rid. And I think that's what's going to happen with a lot of these players come the latter stages of the window. Uh, let's pick up. Um, let's pick up a couple more comments. Um, you know what? We've got a few super chats. Let me uh, just pick those up. Uh, Inny says, hey, Harry, for me, the biggest update from Romano was that Locatelli isn't saying no to Arsenal, but would like to explore the Juve option first. First of all, I want to say a massive thank you for your very, very kind uh, Super Chat donation. Yeah, that, that was kind of the point, wasn't it? Is Romano is not saying, or, or nobody's saying that Locatelli doesn't want to play for Arsenal. They're saying he prefers Juventus. But if Juventus isn't on the table, if that isn't an option, and, and it isn't an option until they meet Sassuolo's valuation for the player, then he's not come out. And nobody close to him or within his entourage, if you like, has suggested that he doesn't want to play for Arsenal. We just know that he prefers Juve. And listen, if I was a footballer, I'd prefer to play for Arsenal because they're the club in my heart. But if Arsenal didn't want me and Real Madrid wanted to sign me, I'd join Real Madrid, wouldn't I? That That's the kind of point here. Um, but thank you very much for your donation, mate. Uh, what else have we got in terms of uh, your questions and some super chats? Matt Murdoch, thank you so much, says last season after Villarreal, um, you said that Arteta wasn't the right manager. Do you still feel that way? Shocking defending and terrible moving forward. Arteta out. After the Villarreal game, I was very, very upset. Um, very upset with Mikel Arteta uh, because I thought he gambled in the first game. I thought he really messed about with the team in that game, you know, with all this granite Xhaka left back nonsense and, and, uh, you know, playing with the false nine in the first leg. I thought he got that wrong. I really did. I am in a position now. I'm in a place now where obviously your raw reaction after a game like that is very much, um, 
based on emotion. And I do feel like he's got it all to prove now. I think that he now has to prove to us that he is the right man rather than us kind of blindly believing in him anymore. Um, and, and I think that's the position we're in with Mikel Arteta. I, I think overall our defending as a whole since he's arrived has been better, but it's taken away from the attacking play. And finding that right balance in the team has been Mikel Arteta's biggest problem and biggest struggle, I would say, since he became the Arsenal boss. I think there are other managers in the world out there right now that would do a better job than Mikel Arteta because they're more experienced, because they've been there, done it, because they've got the T-shirt and maybe just because they're better managers. But I've also kind of trained myself into getting, well, I, I trained myself into the mindset, which is the right mindset, I believe, of, yeah, there probably is somebody out there who could do a better job but he's our manager at the moment. And I don't really think that digging him out all the time is helpful. I think when he deserves it, you should, and you should criticize and criticize constructively and respectfully. And I promise you, I'll be doing that from day one next season because the, the pressure is on. I think the pressure is massively on Mikel Arteta this time around, but Arsenal are not going to sack him now in the middle of the summer and bring someone else in. So being massively Arteta out right now, I don't think is, I think it's a waste of energy. I think it's a waste of breath saying it because he's going to get given at least the beginning of next season. And I think we should be judging him on that. We should judge him at the end of the window and we can decide if we think the window went well. And then we'll only really know if the window went well based on how the team performs next season. Uh, so that's where I'm at currently with him. Uh, big hello to Jay Dubio says, afternoon fella on Dest. I'd snap him up in a heartbeat. Quality, quality player. Uh, Tierney on one side and Dest on the other would be amazing. Uh, what else have we got here? Um, Steve Stone says uh, he respectfully disagrees with uh, my comments about the transfer window. He says, this window is not a normal window from Arsenal's point of view. Time is a luxury we can no longer afford. Yeah, look, in an ideal world, Steve, you, you you'd want to get those um you'd want to get those players in ASAP so you can prepare for preseason, so you can take them on the preseason tours with you, so you can embed them in, so you can do all of that. But it's not an ideal world. And sometimes, you know, teams don't budge, don't move quick enough when it comes to selling players to you. And what do you do? Do you give up on the targets that you feel are the best suited to the role? and pursue other targets that you maybe don't feel are suited just because you think that deal can be done quicker. I, I don't think that's the right approach. So I get that the time is an issue. And in an ideal world, we would love to be in a place where we've done all our transfer business a couple of weeks before the big kickoff and we're ready to go and we're settled. But the reality is, Steve, I think we're still going to be doing business um, between August 13th when our season kicks off and the end of August when the transfer window closes. Uh, let's pick up a couple of other bits and pieces. Um, <laughs> this is an interesting one from, uh, should Arsenal from Yo-Yo should Arsenal consider playing preseason closed door preseason fixtures behind closed doors in futures based off the hysterics of social media. The, the hysterics around the preseason friendlies have been mad to me. And I, I went on a bit of a rant on, on it, uh, during the last podcast. So I'm not going to go into that again, but, yeah, well, I, I don't think they should be played behind closed doors. I quite like preseason, 
Um, obviously not as much as competitive football, but I like having a look at new players. Uh, it's, it's kind of one of those, like, let's look at your new toys kind of thing. So I do like preseason. I think what's most important about preseason is the work you do on the training ground and the work you do with regards to fitness rather than the outcome of the matches. I think matches are just about getting match practicing, getting sharp again, and the results are neither here nor there for me. Um, but, you know, I don't want them to play behind closed doors, but I think people just have a responsibility to bloody, um, to just chill out when it comes to, to pre-season friendlies. I, I really do. Uh, what else have we got? I'll take this one finally from uh, Said Abdullah, who says, what's your starting lineup for next season if Arsenal can get their targets? Oh, um, I'd go with Burn Leno in goal. Let's... So, let's assume that Serginho Dest is a target. I'd go with Dest at right back, White, Gabriel at centre back, Tierney at left back, Partey, Awa in midfield with Emil Smith Rowe ahead of them, Pepe on one flank, Saka on the other, and one of Aubameyang and Lacazette up front, off the top of my head. I haven't really thought about that in detail, uh, but that's where I am. Uh, what else have we got? All right, I'll take one more question. I'll take this one from Daruv. Will you be okay with Xhaka staying if Roma remains stingy? Yeah, because I don't think he's that bad a player. I've, I've said it time and time again. Um, I think we're in a place now with Granit Xhaka where as much as I think he was really important last season and, and a lot more consistent than people gave him credit for, I do think that, you know, his time at Arsenal has just come to an end because the ill feeling towards him from some of the fans, he obviously feels a little bit, judging by the way he talks, disconnected from those at the club and the fans, et cetera, et cetera, because of everything that's gone on in the past. And I get that. I would probably feel the same if I were him. Um, and it's just that in a, we're just in a place now where he it's not going to work anymore, is it? And, you know, Granit Xhaka could have the game... Of the season, nobody would talk about it. Granit Xhaka could have, uh, can make one mistake, and it becomes the end of the world. And and that's the, the reality of Granit Xhaka's relationship with the Arsenal fan base at the moment. And so, it is best for him to move on. But from a purely footballing perspective, I'd have no issue with him staying. If I were the manager, unless a, a decent bid came in or a bid that I thought reflected his value to the team was submitted, I, I don't think I'd even sell him. So I'm not dead against him staying. No, absolutely not. Uh, right. I think I'm going to leave it there uh, because uh, we've been going for nearly 40 minutes. We are going to be back later on today with another show. Uh, we'll be uh, looking around, checking out if there's any more reports coming out today, in which case we will cover those for you. But we'll also be uh, giving it a little bit more of a Q&A element on the podcast coming up later today. If you're listening via the audio platforms, that show will be available for you tomorrow morning, first thing. But if you want to join us live on YouTube, we'll be doing that a little bit later on today. Turn your notifications on uh, for uh, information on when that one will be going live. I'm not 100% sure on the time yet, just because uh, I've got a couple of uh, bits to do for work and so, well, for other work. And so uh, I might not be able to set that time in stone until in around about an hour or two's time. Uh, but yep, yeah, thank you all for tuning in. Let's quickly check in where we are actually in terms of likes before we move forward. Uh, hold on a second. There's over 300 of you watching us right now live on YouTube. We've only got 64 likes. That's it. Let's get up to as close to 100 as possible 
Come on, let's do it now. And while we're doing that, actually, to give you a chance to do it, let me know in the chat box where it is you are joining us from. Hit the like button and comment in the comments where it is you are tuned in from. And I'll give some of you guys a shout out. Um, big thank you to uh, Matt for your uh, kind comments, to Wesbird, uh, to Steve, uh, to Josh, to everybody else in the chat box. Uh, we have got, let's, uh, let's do this now, uh, from... Uh, Kuwait, we've got Said Abdullah. We've got Wesbird joining us from Milton Keynes. Not too far. Um, and of course, we've got lots of you in the United States. We've got lots of you joining us from various parts of Africa as well. And of course, right here in the UK. Tony joins us from Sweden. Uh, Rodrigo joins us from Atlanta. We've got London. We've got Ezra from Ethiopia. We've got Jabu joining us from South Africa. CT Guna is in North Carolina. Marcavelli is in Leytonstone. Uh, Steve is in Kent. So uh, lots of you tuning in from all over, which is fantastic. We've got Brixton, Bali. We've got all over the world. Great stuff. Right. I'm going to leave it there. I will catch you all very, very soon with more Arsenal content. Remember, hit the like button on your way out. Let's try and hit that 100 mark by the time the outro plays. I'll catch you all very soon. Until next time. Ciao. listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.